going on, Fourth and Inches Podcast listeners? You got Dan, Kevin, Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, everybody? What's going on, guys? How's it making out? All right. So we are video podcasting today for our very first time. Uh, so basically today we're going to get into the news. Uh, and then we're going to do some sleepers. Uh, sleepers and rookie, rookie round sleepers that, you know... Uh, basically guys that are being drafted uh you know round nine or later and we're also going to get into some of the things from yesterday's preseason that we saw that we liked and didn't like uh but first don't forget to check us out on our website at www.fourthandinchesff.com that's www.thenumber4thinchesff.com for a bunch of content you got articles, blogs, player profiles, and you can subscribe to our draft guide, which features the decision maker, which is a tiered out guideline for three different drafting styles. You got one for your risky drafter, your conservative drafter, and then you got the tweener, which is basically a mix of both. The draft guide also features the cheat codes, which is a visual breakdown of every team's stats from last year. It's a great tool to prepare for your drafts, and it's the same tool we use to give you information on our podcast. So check that out, and also look for us on the Fantasy Life app. We will be doing star sick questions throughout the year, and we are looking into doing a keeper question segment before the year starts as well. And if you're listening out there, please give us a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button. Um, So now we are on to the news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Oh, yeah. So I will be reading the news today. So first piece of news, we got NFL reinstates wide receiver Josh Gordon. That is significant because we actually mentioned that the other day on the podcast. Yep. Uh, The Chargers coach Anthony Lynn isn't sure if safety Darwin James will be ready at all this season. So that, you know, as we probably have all heard, Darwin James had a foot injury at practice or was it in the game? I think it was practice. Yeah, it was at practice. No. And yeah, it was practice. Yeah, it was a practice. Yeah, he had a foot injury and in that, you know, they're saying now he might not play all season. So we'll we'll find out. Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith won't play in sun- Saturday's preseason game against the Rams. We have Seahawks Ezekiel Ezekiel Ansa uh, injured injured his groin in workouts earlier this week. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport reports Amari Cooper is dealing with a strained knee. Heel. Strained heel. Oh, yeah. Strained heel. I'm sorry. Strained heel. Uh, Avery Williamson, MRI confirmed a torn ACL in, the right, in his right knee. And we have... Uh, Another news story about Darwin Williams. That's going to pop up a couple of times here. Ian Rappaport Chargers. Darwin Williams, we missed a significant amount of times. So that's definitely sounds bad. We got Bobby Wagner, lower body return to practice on Friday. That's wonderful for the Seahawks because without him, they'd be in real big trouble. Uh, Eric Williams, Williams expects the Chargers to use Austin Eckler and Jackson and Justin Jackson in a 50-50 split during Melvin Gordon's holdout. That's not surprising because we've been telling you guys. <laughs> so uh, Cardinals corner Robert Alford will miss a significant amount of time with a leg injury. 
that actually is going to hurt the Cardinals. They're already, you know, if you guys know, uh, what's his name? Patrick Peterson is suspended for the first four games of the season, so they really can't afford to lose any corners. Uh, Andy Isabella caught a one caught one for four targets for a 59-yard touchdown in Thursday's preseason game. That was actually a pretty nice catch and run. Uh, Ravens slot wide receiver Taven Young. That's another one. Could miss, an enti- could miss the entire season with a neck injury. That's a big deal. Uh, he played very well last year. He was rated one of the best you know, slot corners in football. So to lose him, that's a big deal. Antonio Brown is close to practicing again. Thank God. Uh, Kyler Murray completed three of eight passes for 12 yards, zero touchdowns, and zero interceptions in Thursday's preseason game against the Raiders. That we're definitely going to talk about. Adam Schefter reported uh, holdout running back Melvin Gordon is prepared to sit out regular season games if he does not have a contract before week one. We kind of all knew that. <laughs> and that looks like it's pretty much the news. Uh, last thing here, Chris Mortensen reports that uh, there is guarded optimism. Andrew Luck will be ready for week one. So that's the last thing here. You know, we kind of yeah, said Keenan Allen's ankle injury is on there as well. Yeah, I didn't even see that one. Let me pop down more. I don't see that one. Yeah, it says ESPN's Adam Schefter reports Keenan Allen is dealing with an ankle injury that is expected to hold him out for the rest of the preseason. Yeah, well, from what I'm hearing about that, that's not a concern. They're saying that he's probably going to be ready for week one. They're not really too concerned about it. Yep. So anything you guys want to hit on with that? If Keenan Allen's not ready to go, Philip Rivers could probably have one of his 27 kids step in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think we got to talk about Josh Gordon. Where does Josh Gordon get drafted now that he is reinstated? I mean, according to what I'm rating, he's also not going to be serving any suspension as well. Um, I think they drafted Nikhil Harry kind of as Gordon Insurance. And they also got Demarius Thomas, who, you know, has resumed sprinting now. So, you know, it won't be long before Demarius is back there. What do you think about Josh Gordon? Does he, you know, right now he's been like a a kind of like a 12th, 13th, 11th round kind of. He's a sleeper. He's basically one of the guys we've been talking about today. And he's not going to be a sleeper by the time drafts come. He's going to be in the single digit rounds. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think he'll definitely move up. I mean, with his play last year with Tom Brady, they had a rapport. You could see it on the field. They, you know, they didn't have huge games, but he had consistently, you know, 60 to 80 yards receiving basically every game he played last year. Um, and he was the most, you know, other than Julian Edelman, he was basically the most targeted guy there. You know, Gronk, uh, you could tell, was not being as targeted as much as those guys. Um, you know, we all saw what happened with Gronk last year. That was uh, – a painful thing to watch, I guess I could say, because he was dominant for so long. But, you know, as it pertains to Josh Gordon, for me, I feel like, you know, he's definitely a guy that I want to take as my, you know, wide receiver three. If I can get him, you know, I, I think he's going to probably move up into that range. I don't see him moving into the top 24. He could possibly, you know, I mean, if, if the hype train, if we start seeing, you know, things coming out of, you know, Patriots camp that he's, he looks phenomenal and he's the greatest wide receiver ever. Like we've been hearing for the past six or seven years since he had that huge rookie season. Um, you know, 
it could it could blow up into him being a top 24 guy but for right now i think he's gonna probably slot into the you know top 36 being that you know 36 to 24 range yeah, yeah. i was thinking like sixth seventh round 20 to 20 to 25 i think just because of the name alone you know i, I don't think he'll crack the 20 mark and i don't think he's going to go over 30 in any drafts i think just he's he's too talented of a player he's on the patriots uh, he's, he's definitely going to get recognition. People aren't going to let him and let him squeeze much past that. That's, you know, seventh, eighth round, I think just because of he's, he's Josh Gordon and they, and they saw what he did last year with, with Tom Brady. I mean, he had, he had some big plays. I mean, there was a couple of times where Tom just threw it up and he came down with the ball. He just, he is a phenom. He just has had an unfortunate, well, his own unfortunate doing of not being able to stay on the field. Yeah. Let me, I want to, I actually want to do, do a little, experiment here with you guys so the number 30 wide receiver being drafted is robbie anderson robbie anderson or josh gordon josh gordon uh yeah i'll take josh uh let's move up a little bit dj moore is 26th josh gordon or dj moore not a dj moore fan so i'm josh gordon yeah yeah me too i'm not a dj guy i i think you know i think he should be going around where you know his counterpart is going and he's not. So yeah, I'm definitely taking Gordon. All right. So in between DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, there's Christian Kirk, Alshon Jeffrey, and Mike Williams. Kirk and Jeffrey. I'm taking above them. Okay. Uh, definitely. Jeffrey Kirk is, I don't know. I don't like the way that what's not that. Uh, yeah. Kyle, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I like the way Kyler played yesterday, but <laughs> so, so Kirk's 50, 50 for me. I'll go either way. All right, so there, uh, PPR, Jarvis Landry. Uh, you taking Jarvis over Josh Gordon? Yeah, I probably not. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Jarvis. All right, so that's PPR. No, yeah, PPR, no-brainer no for me. Yeah, we basically give rankings and, and ADPs off PPR scoring. So Jarvis Landry is the 25th wide receiver. So that basically puts Josh Gordon in the 25 to 30 range, which, you know, Probably, like I said, we'll probably be getting him drafted in like the sixth, seventh round. And if you can get him later than that, I th I would hop on him because like it's, Steve it's said, unlimited him. upside. I mean, Josh Gordon has he doesn't have huge upside. He has unlimited upside. He we've seen what, what he's done before. So, I mean, if he throws a if he ends up falling in thirty, I'm definitely not surprised because he he hasn't played much football, but he has unlimited amount of upside. The one thing I will add to that is we all saw what you know, Tom Brady look like towards the end of last season. It's not like this dude was throwing, you know, 50 yard. yard. Bombs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nah, he was bombs down that. the field. Yeah. He wasn't doing that. He was a dink and dunk offense. So, you know, I definitely think you guys, you know, need to temper your expectations when it comes to the long ball. You know what I mean? If he's breaking things, you know, 15 yard passes, breaking them for touchdowns, then I could see some explosive plays coming from him. But you know, I don't know how many times Tom Brady's going to be taking super deep shots down the field like he was with Randy Moss there. Yeah, so uh, let's get into the, the Arizona Cardinals situation. Um, for me, I'm I'm all right. Watching the game, it's not a Kyler Murray thing; it's an offensive line thing. Oh yeah, that's oh, yeah. the biggest problem with the Arizona Cardinals. They made me scared to draft to draft David Johnson as high as I was. I was having David Johnson as like the number five running back in my number five pick. He's not there for me because of that offensive line. He had no room to run yesterday. 
And I don't think, you know, I understand they say vanilla playbook in the preseason. You cannot account for a bad offensive line. Like, that that doesn't change. Your offensive line, they're going out there trying to perform their best and block other players. And the Arizona Cardinals last year couldn't do it. And in that game yesterday, they could not do it at all. So I'm I'm officially worried about those two guys, not because of their talent. I think J- uh, David Johnson is one of the best running backs in the league. And Kyler looks like he can make plays. You know, he's escaping the pocket. He was escaping the pass rush. A lot of his throws were off target, but everyone, almost every one of his throws, he was on the run. So for me, like those guys, those guys dropped for me just because not not because of their talent, because their offensive line is just so terrible. Yeah, I'll just I'll, I know Steve definitely wants to get in this, but for me, it was um, it was hard to evaluate Murray because literally every play there was people breathing down his neck, so he did not have a clean pocket to throw in. I don't think maybe but once, and he was I mean, he was all over the place. The, the every drive was was cut short because you know he was not in mon- unmanageable positions. It was. And I know that the, the announcers kept reiterating that, you know, Kingsbury didn't want to, he's not opening up the playbook. He's just giving a little taste of, he's just basically trying to get the guys going and get the, you know, the football mentality back. And he, he's, he's going to explode once season starts. And I, I could totally see it happening, but it was, it was rough to watch because they were, they, that, that offense looked horrible with that offensive line. Yeah. For me, um, you know, it, 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 if anything, it made me worried about, David Johnson, like Kev said, um, what I saw yesterday, if that's going to be the case that the offensive line is doing that and looking that way, Kyler Murray is going to run for 800 yards. And I have no doubt about it. <laughs> he's I, going to get killed though. Hey, if he, he's, if he's going, going to get killed, if they are he, going to like be rushing him like that, but that's the thing. Kyler Murray's a baseball player. Kyler Murray slides like uh, he did it in college. Right. He never took big hits. No, he like gets out you, of bounds too. Yes, he gets out of bounds. He slides. He knows when to get down. Like he, if you wa- even watch him in the preseason games, when the guys are breathing down his neck, he goes right down. He never takes the big hit. Like I, I watched almost every one of his games in college, and I never saw him get like crushed ever. Because he knows when a guy's coming, he goes down. Like he's not going to sacrifice himself to to try to get a, a yard or two. He's not. He's not Michael Vick. He's not. You know. He's not Cam Newton. He's not none of those guys. And he knows he's small. You know what I mean, so when he sees pressure coming, he gets right down. So for me, I, you know, I don't think that didn't worry me at all about Kyler. That worried me about David Johnson. And, you know, some of these receivers, maybe, you know, we need to downgrade the passing yardage that he gets because he's just not going to have the time to look down the field and get the ball down there. So, you know, we're going to have to see what this air raid offense looks like. If it's if it's the true air raid that we saw in college, it's going to be a lot of quick, quick slants, uh, you know, flat routes, you know, just things, you know, a lot of bubble screens, wide receiver screens, you know, just all kinds of different, you know, quick patterns to get the ball out of his hands quickly and keep the offense moving eventually what the 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 purpose of cliff kingsbury offense is going to do is it's going to wear down defenses because they're constantly in motion trying to get back and get back and get back because he's getting the ball out of his hands quickly so eventually i think what cliff carry cliff kingsbury is thinking is if i wear these defenses down yeah the pass rush in the beginning of the game is going to be be on us but if i can wear these teams down in the second half they're going to be winded and we're going to be able to score points and they're, we're not going to get past rush the way we are in the beginning of the beginning of games. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope, I hope for 
Kyler's sake, that works because, you know, I mean, we've seen this story before. That's, you know, Chip Kelly was move the ball, move the ball, move the ball, wear it, wear it down. It wasn't quick passes and everything like that, you know, but, you know, if that's all you're going to do is those quick, quick, quick passes, you're going to have cornerbacks jumping these routes all the time. So it's going to, you know, there's going to have to be variations of it, and Kyler's going to have to take five- and seven-step drops, and that line's going to have to hold up. You know, like for me, I, you know, for me, it made me worried about the whole Arizona offense because, you know, last year they gave Josh Rosen no chance to succeed as a rookie, and, you know, Kyler doesn't look like he, he has much of a chance either standing behind that, that line. He, he, was, he, he was strikingly resembling to uh... – to Russell Wilson with a little more zing on the ball. It was like the way he was, the way he moves his body and shifts and just knows positioning and gets plays smart, gets out of bounds. Um, you know, just the throws he makes, he just, he looks so much like Russell Wilson, but just has, he's got a little, he's definitely that ball, that ball explodes out of his arm. So, I mean, they really, there's a, there's a chance for this kid to be something incredible. So I just, I hope they put something around, you know, they build that line around him because otherwise He's going to get crushed. He ain't going to make it through a full season. All right. Is there anything else in the news we want to talk about? Um, I'm going to say this. Lamar Jackson looked – I mean, we're basically going over like yesterday. Yeah, pre- whichever preseason games. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, to me, looked really good again. Um, he had the touchdown run that Take was back. called back. But, man, he was getting the ball out of his hands really quick. Um, I thought all the running backs really looked good. Um, you know, even, even Kenneth Dixon was in there more with the starters than justice Hill was to me, justice Hill looks freaking amazing when he comes in there. He's so quick and shifty. It's unbelievable. If you put him and Lamar Jackson in the same backfield, you know, that's, that's a problem. But to me, Lamar looks really good. And if he can stay on track for, you know, you know, if he stays on track for this development throughout the regular season, this guy could potentially win people fantasy championships, much like Mahomes did last year. Because Mahomes, it, not in the same way necessarily, because Mahomes obviously was gunning the ball throughout the air, but you're getting a guy like Lamar Jackson. He's going in like the 11th, 12th round right now. And this guy literally could be a top five quarterback to me if, if he continues this development. He's going to run probably between anywhere near 750 and 1,000 yards in between that number. And if his passing game, like I said, if it continues on this track, Lamar Jackson could be like that fantasy sleeper quarterback in the double-digit rounds that winds up winning you a league. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, when we, you know, when we talked about the Ravens, uh, and I've been saying this for a little while, I think the Ravens offense is, going to, is, is being underrated. I do. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying that he is going to throw for 4,500 yards and be, you know, the greatest quarterback who ever lived. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is if you play in a four point per passing touchdown league, you have to take into account that this dude has a thousand yard rushing upside. He does. He period. Like there's no denying that he could run for a thousand yards this year, not including, you know, he could have double digit rushing touchdowns and, you know, 15 to 20 passing touchdowns. So if you're in a four point per passing touchdown league, uh, you know, <laughs> he could be just insanely dominant. He could be, you know, if you, if you take the rushing yards and the, and the, and the passing yards and you add them together, he could be, you know, 40, you know, he could be 6,000 passing yards. You know what I mean? Something ridiculous. It, it could literally, if you, 
combine the two, read the blog on the website, and you guys will see I do a really good breakdown of of how it would work out. But he could just be – he could break fantasy football. Let's just put it that way. He could literally break fantasy football. He could make it so that, you know, we have to change quarterback scoring because – if the dude runs for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns and then throws for 3,500 yards, which I don't think is crazy and 25 touchdowns, I mean, like he's going to be the number one quarterback and he's going to be the number one scorer, but, and it's not going to be close. It's, it's going to be, he's by far the top score period. Did, did you guys hear that? One of the uh, ESPN, um, when they were doing sports center, they called him the human cheat code. Oh, they did. <laughs> they did. They did this morning. They called him the human uh, chico. Yeah, they, that's they, awesome. They, that's copyright, copyright infringement. Yeah, copyright. Yeah, <laughs> copyright infringement. Um, yep. Literally, when they did, when they called him that, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Even ESPN is is listening to us now and taking our shirts. Yeah, you guys both touched oh, on Lamar boy. just on the Baltimore game. Um, I'll talk about the run game a little bit and how I've been preaching. I know you guys are huge on Ingram, but I'm I've been a little more on the uh, RBBC and. It's basically, I've been, you know, for weeks now, and I've been saying that this kid Hill is, he's special. And that's the only reason I don't think that they're going to, you know, pound Ingram up and down the field is because there's too much other talent in that backfield. So uh, the more the, the more that I watch, I mean, it's only two weeks into preseason, but the more you, you evaluate this Baltimore team, they, they could be a team that, that sneaks up on you all around. I mean, if Lamar even has half a, half of a, what they expect him to do, because they don't expect him to do squat as far as the passing game goes. So if he can give you anything, if he can give you 3000 yards and 15, 20 touchdowns, and this run game is just, you know, as balanced and strong as they expect it to be. This, this Baltimore team could be one of the teams to, uh, to watch out for in the AFC. Yeah. And that was exactly what I was saying, Steve. Like he's not going to be like a 4,500 yard, 5,000 yard, you know, 50 touchdown guy like Mahomes was, but you know, like you said, he gets, he gets, you know, a thousand yards rushing and, 10 touchdowns and then throws for hell 2,500 yards and 20 touchdowns. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That that is a ridiculous amount of points for a quarterback. And that's still a 5,000 yard passing season. Yeah. And you're, and you're getting that in the 18th round, 11th, 12th (laughs) round, like the 11th, 12th round. That's where he's going right now. Yeah. QB, Um, QB 18, something like that. It's, it's, I mean, QB 16, maybe it depends on what draft board you're looking at, but, He's. I know he's moving. He's moving up, you know, because I think everybody's listening to us. <laughs> I was going to say, I think right now he's quarterback sixteen in the eleventh yeah. round. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, that's going to change. He's going to rise just because people are starting to notice. And you know, if you think about Michael Vick, man, when Michael Vick was with Atlanta, and even that one season where he was MVP runner up in Philly, like he was awesome. You know, he was awesome. He he was going in like the first round the next year. People were drafting yeah. him in the first round because he was so good. And I was at that Monday night game in uh in Washington. The game, the, the, the game, the, the yeah. game, the game, the game where he put six touchdowns on the board. He had four passing, two two rushing. He had four hundred and like fifty total yards. He was he was unstoppable. They literally could not do anything about it. He wanted he did whatever he could that night. Um, speaking of Philly, though, you got anybody on uh, the Eagles or Jacksonville relevant? I mean, Miles Sanders, look, he, the kid makes incredible, incredible cuts. Uh, he's just he's he's won two cuts and he is t- ripping 12, 12 yards off like that. He 
man, that's it's it brings some excitement to, when you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan because we definitely have ourselves a nice back for the future. Yeah, I'm not going to get too too in depth in, with Miles. I've been ranting and raving about this dude for two three months now. So, um, to me, I'll simply say he was the, my favorite back coming out of the draft, and he is proving me right. Yeah, I, my 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 issue with Miles is not talent. My issue with Miles is touchdowns and that would be to me the only thing that sets him back in fantasy for me because i think when they get in the goal line it is going to be jordan howard time because that's what jordan howard does um anything else from the preseason guys you want to get into oh that green bay game was terrible (laughs) (laughs) that was that was a tedious and terrible hard really hard to watch i and i suffered through it today um you know but there's not really anything I really wanted to get. You know, I really wanted to get excited about, about Dexter Williams. But, you know, that fumble really just was like, come on, dude. Are you serious? <laughs> like, that 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 play just, especially when you're a rookie back, you can't make that mistake. You know what I mean? Like, you can't run and let the ball hit you in the hip and fumble, like, when your yeah. quarterback is putting it in your belly. Like, you need to grab that ball and take it. So and then he gets a, a you know a fifteen yard run with the one of the biggest holes I've ever seen, and he gets up and he's like, you know, feed me, feed me. I mean, like like Zeke, and I'm just sitting there thinking in my head like, oh my god, if I was his coach, I'd see sitting him down and be like, bro, listen, you are nobody. You're a <laughs> yeah, nobody. Exactly. <laughs> like don't 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 showboat because you just fumbled the last <laughs> drive, bro. Like you literally just fumbled the last drive, and you're happy about a a 15 yard play that wasn't impressive at all. You know what I mean? That's just, I don't know. It was, that, that was the one thing that stuck out in that game that I was just like, come on, dude. Yeah. I thought, uh, (laughs) don't think nothing of this too much, but I thought the kid Ryan Finley that backed up Andy Dalton looked really good. Um, not saying that he's going to take his job or anything, but that dude was throwing strikes and he had a lot of pressure on him and was standing in there and, and, and throwing some really nice passes. So, um, yeah, that's another offensive line. That's really bad. And, and they, they are, could, yeah, they, they could, are. they could really wait on Finley for next season and just see how he develops this year and just let Andy get his ass romped. Cause that's what it looks like <laughs> is going to happen. You know what I mean? And if Finley ends up turning into something next year and they decided to part ways with Andy, I could see him being a good quarterback. He was throwing some, some laser beams down there. I liked, I, I liked the tape he put on. Derek Carr had a good opening drive, you know, one down the field touchdown. And yeah. that was it. That was his night. So he looked he looked good on his opening drive. Yep. Yeah, he did. But uh, the Cardinals defense is yeah, it's really Cardinals bad. defense was rough, too. Oh, so yeah. They were. Yeah. See, Jacobs, that was the other thing. Me and Kev were, Jacobs, you know, yeah, yeah we, we went to the bar last night, guys. We were all, you know, we had a business meeting and we were all hanging out and we, you know, we watched some of the games there. And, you know, I know you guys, if you were looking and you saw Brandon Jake, I mean, Brandon Jacobs, Josh, Jacob. Josh, Josh Jacobs. Jacobs, if you saw Josh Jacobs, uh, he looked good. He looked really good. But he, like like me and Kev were saying last night to each other, this is the Cardinals defense. Let's calm down. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this is this is not a defense. I want to see him do it against, you know, the, the Ravens or, you know, a team where I know they're going to have a good run defense this year. Yep. So I think that's pretty much we touched on when, you know as much as we needed to in the preseason. Um, gave you some good guys to that you know we saw were doing good things out there. So I think we should get into our sleepers segment. Hold on, real quick, Kev, we actually have a question, a uh, listener question. So I am going to read that. 
Um, so, uh, E Estrada 79 asks the question. It says, bye weeks. He says, uh, bye weeks, do you factor them into your drafts? He says, I know that you look at strength of schedule, but do you guys care uh, if you have multiple players with the same bye week? Uh, do you just do you just say, well, let's take that week and as an L, or what do you do? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, this seems like a question I think I hear a lot on other podcasts as well, and I, I don't really factor bye week in too much. I mean, I try. Obviously, you know, you don't really want to have, you know, two of your running backs on bye, two of your wide receivers on bye. But I mean, when it's all the same, if if you got this, a lot of people on your team with the same bye week, you're really sacrificing one week. I don't think there's really an advantage either way of you know, taking one loss or just missing one guy a week for, you know, seven weeks. I don't really think there's an advantage either way. Um, so like I said, I, I really don't even factor it in when I'm drafting. You know, I try to use my knowledge on some of the later round players. And if I do wind up with guys that are on multiple bye weeks, like I said, I use that knowledge of my later round players to kind of make up for, uh, you know, what what might be missing in those bye weeks. Yeah, I, I don't. I actually don't do either. I don't I don't take like all the guys on the same bye week and just chalk that week up for an L. Uh, and I don't uh and I don't I do look a little bit. I don't want all my my star guys, you know, my top four or five round picks to be on the same bye. But if I like a guy in the mid to late rounds and he's got a buy that one of my other guys has, I'm still gonna take him because by the bye time, you know, the bye weeks round, you know, week six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's there's guys that you can hit the waiver wire for for a week if you need somebody to just plug and play. I mean, if your bench is strong enough, you should be okay regardless. Yeah, for me, I look at the only the really only position that I worry about. Like, let's say for example, uh, the Kevs, you know, was talking the other day and saying that Drew Brees and uh, Lamar Jackson have really good. You know, the way the schedule works out, they both. You know, you can play Drew Brees at home. You can play Lamar. You know, on the road. If that was the case and they both had the same bye week, I'm not doing that. You see what I'm saying? So if you have a quarterback that you're questionable about and you want to take another player, you know, I'm looking at that and going, okay, let me make sure these guys don't have the same bye week. I mean, if I have Phillip Rivers and I want to take the chance on Lamar, you know, Lamar Jackson, I want to make sure they don't have the same bye week, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? So that's really the only position I worry about that because I never take two defenses in a, in like a dynasty league or something like that. If I, you know, was doing a startup draft and, you know, I needed to pick a defense and, you know, you want to have two of them because everybody's drafting to fill up their roster completely. You know, I would, I would check that out, but for redraft purposes, you know, I'm, I'm not really worried about uh, the bye weeks because for me, my team that I start the season with is not going to be the team I finish with. You know, I'm going to be making trades. I'm going to be picking up guys off the waiver wire. I'm going to be doing this and that. So, you know, to worry about a bye week, you know, four of my guys having a bye week in week nine is not is not something I take into account. All right. So um, before we get into the sleepers, do you want to uh, address the uh, draft from today as well? Steve? Oh, my God. All right, guys, I have to get this out in the open. We have been doing these uh, listener leagues, and they're a lot of fun. I mean, I, I interacting with you guys is a lot of fun. We have, we enjoy doing it. Uh, we enjoy, you know, talking about your guys' teams, talking about, you know, fantasy football, period. But that was torture. That was 
unbelievably torturous playing in that in that in that slow draft slow literally was the way we would word this it literally i think we had if we could hold up the stats if we just put up the stats on how long it took six or seven different guys to make a pick it pro- they probably averaged six hours in between picks like i'm not kidding you you know I mean and we did eight hour picks for everyone so you know what i mean like if you're going to be in a slow draft this is what i will say if you were invited into a slow draft Make it a point to at least every two hours, check your phone and see if you mean you don't have to be on there long. Just literally. That's that's the thing. You don't even have to make it a point. Everybody in society now checks their phone consistently, even (laughs) if you're at work. People say, oh, well, I'm, I'm working. That's the biggest excuse. Dude, when you're working, at least at some point, you're going to the bathroom and you're pulling your phone out to check it and just... Get on social media, you know, see what time it is, whatever it is. Set your notifications. You'll get a little bloop and it'll pop up and you'll know what's going on. You don't even have to answer it right away. But I mean, Jesus, man, this was this draft was was very this was this was the worst one we did. We started a two drafts after this one and they yeah, got this, done first. Yeah, it, those two drafts got done. The, the the Superflex League literally got done a full two and a half days before yeah. th- this one. And and we started that one like, what, like a, a day, day or two after. I think yeah. it, was, it might have been two days after. Yeah, yeah so. that was torturous. That was really, really bad. And we are going to go over that league. And we are going to blast you guys with that <laughs> podcast because we are definitely going to put you on blast if you took six hours to make every single pick. I'm just letting you know. All right, so let's get into our sleepers. Uh, now, you know, when we basically determined this, we, we came up with sleepers being, you know, anybody kind of drafted round nine or later. Those are the guys, when you draft them, they're not really, you're not really planning on those guys being your starters, um, you know, unless it's a quarterback or, you know, so we're not really going to include quarterback unless they're, you know, later on in the draft. And we already kind of excluded Lamar Jackson, because we talked about him enough today. But uh, yeah, let's start it off. Uh, Steve, you want to give me a, give me your first sleeper that you were looking at here? Yeah, I'm going to throw one up that I think both of us are going to talk about, and uh, Dan might actually talk about too. Um, so Devin Singletary uh, is a guy that I'm going to put on my list. My list is going to consist of all rookies because we actually had a podcast uh, listener, uh, one of the league mates, uh, listener league mates uh, asked this question and asked if we could talk about rookies. So all of my guys are rookies uh, just because I wanted to hit really hard on the rookies for him. Um, but Devin Singletary uh, is a guy that to me has a lot of upside this year. I think, you know, LaShawn McCoy showed last year that uh, he's slowing down a little bit. And I've been watching a lot of LaShawn McCoy tape uh, the past couple of days just because I want to see, you know, if it's, true that he's slowing down and i'll tell you what he still made some crazy cuts last year he still looked you know pretty good you can definitely see that his speed his long speed is not what it used to be but he definitely looks like a productive back so i could definitely see the buffalo bills trading him and somebody wanting him because if you watch his tape he he didn't look bad um but frank gore is 36 years old you know tj yeldon is fighting to make this team so to me 
you know, Devin Singletary is definitely the second back on this team, and he's going to see a lot of work, you know, this year because the Buffalo Bills want to be a running team. You know, I mean, that's what the Buffalo Bills want to do. And if you watch today's preseason game, I was watching the first quarter of that. Uh, he had two catches for 24 yards, and it, he looked really good getting out of the backfield. He's just – he's a guy that I think they're going to use in every facet of the game, and I think he's going to get a lot of touches regardless to whether LaShawn McCoy leaves or not. And I just really like this player. And you're getting him in round, you know, 11, 12 – uh, and I, for me, that's that's great. I love that. Yeah, he's going around ten at the back end around ten. You know, I talk. I, I don't. I'm not going to get into him. You kind of addressed him enough, and and I talked about him in our podcast the other day when we were talking about you know league winning players, guys that you can get late. I think Devin Singletary is one of those guys because you know when you are able to get a potential starting running back in the tenth round, eleventh round, like. You know, those guys will win you leagues. Um, and to me, like I said, I think maybe not to start the year, but at some point they're going to give this guy, you know, the ability to prove himself. And, you know, those guys at the end that kind of come in fresh tend to, you know, have a little more pe- uh, bounce in their step compared to the rest of the league because the rest of the league's been playing for, you know, six, seven games and been beating each other up. And this guy's been you know, sitting on a bench waiting to come in there. And, you know, if Shady gets traded, you know, all the all the more reason that he could potentially, uh, you know, wind up starting the season. I do think Frank Gore would wind up starting the season as the starter, even if they traded Shady. But, uh, you know, for me, I think Singletary at some point is going to be the starting running back and to get that guy in round 10 is perfect. Yeah, he's, he's young, he's talented. So, I mean, it's, look at Shady when he, be, you know, first started in – in Philadelphia, how shifty and incredible he was. And now father time has caught up with him and Frank Gore. So it's just, I mean, it's, it gets the best of all the running backs is, you know, it just can't last forever. So it's next man up and he's going to show that he is capable of handling the, the workload and, you know, shady, whether he's traded or not, he's going to, it's going to fizzle in Buffalo and Frank Gore. I, I agree with you, Kev. I actually think that if they do trade shady, Frank will probably be the day one starter until, uh, until Singletary, Shows that he's, you know, he's got what it takes. He's, he's a, he's a, he's a good talent. So it's in round ten, uh, huge upside. You know, I don't. Right now, it's tough to say. I mean, it's Buffalo. We, we don't, you know, I don't know if they're going to be scoring a ton of points like some of these powerhouse offenses. So to say he's going to, you know, have eight hundred yards and seven eight touchdowns is a little bit of a stretch. But he's got a huge upside. I think a good, I think a really good dynasty player. Wouldn't you guys agree with that for sure? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have him yeah. on our in our yeah. dynasty league. I drafted him in the third round, and I love it. Yeah, definitely great dynasty player. All right, Dan, how do you feel? Give me a give me a sleeper on your end. I'll still I'll stick with Steven. I'll we'll um, we'll go with another rookie and another incredible dynasty player, um, JJ Whiteside. I mean, he's he is a supreme talent, and he's I mean he's got the ability to knock. Aguilar right out of the out of the team you know they're talking about trade candidates and it's because they want to get JJ on the field more he's a matchup nightmare I mean I just if you do yourselves a favor guys and this it'll probably entice you to draft him late just watch some of his highlights at Stanford because he is a go up and get every ball that they were throwing into that corner end zone and it's it's incredible and that just, I mean, you can't teach that. It just that'll that'll carry over into the NFL because most of the cornerbacks are only six foot, six foot one, and he's he's big, he's strong, and he's only going to get better. And he's and he's got Carson Wentz as his quarterback, which 
you know, that can't hurt either. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, JJ has a has great touchdown upside. Uh, you know, kind of talked a little bit in. I don't remember if it was our wide receiver podcast or if it was a rookie podcast. I think it might have been our dynasty podcast, but um, you know, I brought out the formation of the formation of potentially having Alshon and JJ on the outside and Goddard and Ertz on the inside, and how much size that is in the red zone. That just creates such a mismatch for, you know, the opposing defenses. Um, that's pretty much where I think he's going to be used, um, you know, for at least for his rookie season is is kind of in the red zone. Um, Steve probably tends to disagree with that. But um, no, I think I'll, I, I think I'll see the field a lot more than people expect. I, I think he's I think I, he's going to think he's going to get some some action. Oh, I think he's going to get action. Like I said, I think he's going to like they're not going to put Deshaun in there to, to, for jump balls in the red zone. I think mm-hmm. that's that's really JJ's forte. And like I said to me, you know, I think he, you know, could catch five, six touchdowns this year easily. Um, you know, not a bad chance to take at the end because if Deshaun gets hurt as well, which Deshaun will miss a few games every year, I think JJ's that guy that they're going to throw on the outside. Yeah. Um, for me, I just I love JJ Orsega Whiteside. I think he, I think he could be very dominant in the NFL. I think that uh, his type of player is the, you know, is the guys that creep up on teams. You know, what I mean, like Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a perfect example of a guy that, you know, reminds me of JJ because, you know, Kenny came into the league, everybody was like, oh, he might be good. And then last year he showed, wow, this dude could be really, really good. You know what I mean? I think J.J. is going to be the exact same way. I think J.J. is going to start off a little slow, you know what I mean, try to build a rapport with Carson. By maybe the mid to end of this year, you're going to see flashes of dominance from this kid. And he next year could be a you know guy that you're picking as your third wide receiver. You know, So, you know, definitely, I, you know, I love that you brought him up. Dan, because I I really think he has a lot of upside. All right, so I'm going to give you a guy that's going really late in drafts. I know I've seen Steve grab him a couple times. I tried to grab him and decided not to, decided to go in a different direction. But it's, it's a guy that I think for PPR leagues, Chris Thompson could be a beast, okay? Because if you look at this guy when he stays healthy, he – always performs his biggest issue has been staying on the field but you know to me if you're taking a guy in round 14 that has the chance to literally put up you know double digit fantasy points week in week out you know chris thompson has done that before two years ago i mean i think it was two years maybe three years at this point but this guy was seemed like he was their do it all back there and you know of course they got guys and ap but those guys are not necessarily good pass catching backs and, you know, I, I think for PPR leagues to get a guy like Chris Thompson, who we've seen perform very well, um, you know, is a great pickup in the 14th round. Yeah, I think uh, if Chris Thompson stayed healthy, he had James White type potential. I mean, he is a he is incredible out of the backfield. He is he really is. And he's he's going to I mean, he's going to see a lot of action because we don't know what the status of guys is and. Adrian Peterson is how much how longer can he keep doing what he's doing? I mean, he had that unexpectedly really good year last year, but I just talked about how McCoy and Frank Gore are 
aging and he's just, he's right there with them. If not a couple years older, I don't think he's older than, than I mean, he's probably what 34. So I like Thompson a lot. I think he's, uh, I think he is, you know, barring health, he has huge potential every, every, every play, every play to, to break something loose. And he's going to see all that third down action with his uh, ability to catch. Yeah, definitely. Chris Thompson is a guy I'm taking everywhere. Uh, I've been taking him basically in every draft that I've been in. Um, getting him super late, and I think he has in a PP, especially in a PPR, he has extreme upside. You know, he if he does play 16 games, he has a possibility. I said it the other day to be a top 30 running back that you're getting basically in your last round of your drafts. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm not going to add too much to it, but yeah, I definitely think you know taking a flyer on guys like that after round 10. You know, I'm not taking him obviously round 10 because you know what I mean you don't have to, but I just a guy like that I think has extreme upside can really help your team. Yep. So my next player is uh, Damian Harris. So, you know, we kind of talked about this a little bit yesterday, talking or well on Wednesday we talked about this with uh, Sony Michelle. You know, they're saying that Sony Michelle is, you know, the guy, and I don't disagree <laughs> that Sony Michelle is the number one back for the New England Patriots. My point is, I think that. They didn't draft Damian to make him sit the bench. They took him in the third round. He was a day two guy. I think he's going to get run. You know what I mean? I, I, even if Sony stays healthy all year long. And if we all, this is the one thing that I think we gloss over, but we don't really talk about. Sony Michelle was terrible in the red zone last year. You know, on the goal line, he could not get in. You know what I mean? They were, if you guys remember, they were putting, uh, uh, what's his name, the fullback in to run in a lot of his touchdowns in the James playoffs. Dev- yeah, James Devlin was stealing touchdowns from Sony because Sony couldn't get in the end zone. You know what I mean? They just basically gave up on him. And then in the playoffs, Trenton Brown started playing like an absolute animal. I, I, if you want to watch offensive line tape of a guy that was just an outrageous beast in the playoffs watch Trenton Brown last year the literally Sony Michelle was riding literally up his ass on 90% of his runs and breaking off huge chunks of yardage I mean which is why he was so good in the playoffs so you know I think they brought Damian Harris in for his goal line work and I do think he's going to score touchdowns this year I do think he's going to be a guy that's going to get some run this year you know, it, it would not surprise me if he had 100 carries this year and, you know, scored eight touchdowns. And he's a guy that you're basically, you know, with all the Sony talk, you're getting in, you know, around 13, 14. Uh, Damian Harris is a guy that after you spoke so highly of him a couple months ago, I was doing a little more research on him and, um, I don't know. I just, I, I Kev, you know, Kev brought up Sony Michelle last week and I'm not, I'm not high on either of them. I'm kind of like a wait and see on what they're going to do between the two of them. I don't, you know, I, I, if I had, I mean, I think Sony's going to definitely get a lot of carries, uh, to begin with for sure. Um, but you know, Damien could, could definitely, uh, you know, work into that load, but you know, now they have, Ber- they got Berkman back and, and, uh, they're always going to use James white, obviously on third down. So for me, for me, I think it's going to be too much of a running back by committee, so I'm not as high as you are, Steve, but uh, I'm definitely curious to see you know, how he does his rookie season. Yeah, um, I, I don't want to say I disagree. Um, I don't think Damian Harris is a bad player. I just think Sony is the guy there, 
Um, obviously, Sony has injury history, so there is a chance that you know Damian Harris could cut into that workload because of you know whether they want to rest Sony a little bit, give him a breather, just make sure they keep him fresh. Um, you know, to me, if you're drafting a New England Patriots running back, it's probably James White because he is the, you know, I guess has the most consistent role and that role is not going to change. But I don't think Damian Harris is a bad flyer to take knowing his injury history of Sony Michelle and, you know, if Sony goes down, I think I do think Damian Harris steps in and winds up, you know, taking over most of that work. Yeah, and I'm not saying that, you know, Damian Harris is a great guy to take, you know I mean, necessarily, but I think he's going to score touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, Sony Michelle, if you look at the numbers, he had, you know, five carries inside the 12. Uh, he scored five touchdowns. You know what I mean? He had 27 carries inside the 10. You know what I mean? And. You know, that's 27 carries is what you have to look at because the way we do, if you look at the the uh, cheat codes that we put on our website, you know, carries inside the 10, he had 27. And then rushing touchdowns are inside the 10 because, you know, we don't put inside the 5 inside the 10. We don't do that breakdown because, you know, it's basically the same same difference. I mean, it might be a touchdown or one touchdown, you know I mean, difference from most guys. So we don't really break it down that way. But, you know, out of 27 carries, he only scored five touchdowns. So... You know, he just wasn't great for that role. So I think Damian Harris will definitely be in that role. And in a Patriots offense, we know they, you know, they've had guys that scored 20 touchdowns, a la uh, uh, LeGarrette Blunt, you know, two years ago or three years ago. Yep. Dan, it's on you. All right. Second guy that uh, I've been evaluating, and the more I'm looking into him and what his uh, his draft position is, the more I'm starting to like him, especially with an injury on the team. And uh, Matt Breda, um, you know, we don't know what McKinnis is going to be, you know, with his injury. And I don't think Tevin Coleman's going to be, you know, the, you know, every down back, obviously, because he wasn't in, in, our, in uh, Atlanta, so... I think Brady's going to get a ton of work. I mean, you guys are super high on uh, on on San Fran and their, you know, the Shanahan system with the you know, extreme running offense. So, Brady showed a lot last year, and I think he's going to be used. And he's being drafted in like the eleventh round or so. So, I think it's, I think uh, I think he's I think he's a huge steal in the eleventh or twelfth round. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think you know Kyle Shanahan runs a zone screen uh, a zone scheme. Uh, zone running scheme which you know is a one cut get up the field and go guy you know what i mean he, he does a lot of play action you know he is very he's very multiple in his sets when you watch the team set up to run the ball you know i mean you kind of don't know if they're running or passing because they run and pass out of the same exact formations a lot of the time so when you're when you're watching the 49ers offense it's hard to figure out you know just like it was a couple years ago to figure out with the you know the Falcons, what they were doing, which is why Tevin Coleman and and you know Davante Freeman were so productive that year because, you know they run, you know, multiple sets and they pass and run out of those same sets, which makes it very difficult, you know. Uh, so, I think both guys could have very good seasons. Uh, you know, we're hearing that it's going to be a sixty-five thirty-five split between the two, and I want both of them still. <laughs> you know what I mean, like I think a 65-35 split between those two guys makes them both very productive. 
uh, you know, if Brita is playing better and it's a 60-40 split, then there's going to be weeks, maybe multiple weeks, that you're going to be playing both those guys. You know, one in your RB2 slot and one in your flex because that offense is just going to score points. Like, they scored points last year with with freaking, you know. Mullins. Uh, yeah, Mullins <laughs> throwing the ball. And, and uh, who was the other guy? <laughs> yeah, no, he actually did play well last he, he year. He didn't do too bad. Yeah, so, you know, for me, I, I do like both of those running backs. Yeah, I mean, exactly what Steve said. I mean, we've been preaching that the the 49ers run game is very effective. You know, Kyle Shanahan, you know, that, that Shanahan system knows how to get running backs involved. I mean, Terrell Davis was an undrafted rookie turned Hall of Famer because, you know, the Shanahan system just works perfectly if you – you know, know how to make that first cut and find that find that open hole. So, you know, I think Breda did a great job of it last year. And, um, you know, I think he'll be behind McKinnon to start the year. But, you know, injuries to running backs happen all the time. And Breda could definitely see himself as the starting running back there if, you know, Coleman goes down. Because right now McKinnon doesn't seem like uh, – who knows what's going on with McKinnon. They're saying he's basically going to start the uh, season on the, the injured reserve. Yeah, he's on injured reserve to start. Yeah. So my next guy that I'm going to talk about is another rookie uh, is Darwin Thompson. Um, Darwin Thompson is on the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, if you watch the first preseason game, the dude looks incredibly quick, uh, showed the ability to catch the ball out of the backfield really smooth um, and turn the ball upfield really well. Um, you know, from what I heard, like I was listening to the CBS podcast today. Uh, this the CBS fantasy fantasy podcast, and uh, one of the guys said he, he basically was hearing that Carlos Hyde may not even make the team right now. That he's actually fighting for his job um, on the team, and you know, to me, that means Damian Williams or Darwin Tom. You know, if Damian Williams gets hurt, Darwin Thompson could be next up. Darwin Thompson could also see some of the passing work if they want to give Damian Williams the running work. Um, there is Daryl Williams there, who's another guy that could cut into that workload. They've been talking about going RBBC, but I think Darwin Thompson has, you know, great ability, especially with Patrick Mahomes running that offense. You know, any running back who gets behind that offense is going to be effective. Andy Reid has done it for years. Um, so to me, Darwin Thompson is a guy in the 13th round that I don't mind taking a flyer on. Yeah, I agree. Um you know, if you look at the breakdown of, you know, rushing attempts last year, you know, Kareem had a, Kareem Hunt had 181. You know, Patrick Mahomes was the second best guy on that team, you know, with 60. <laughs> so I think if they, you know, in an Andy Reid offense, the one thing that does scare me a little bit is that sometimes he just completely abandons the run. You know what I mean, he just gets pass happy and doesn't want to th- run the ball at all. So he kind of forgets, which is why another reason why I'm scared of Damian Williams. But, you know, Damian Williams had 50 carries last year. Kareem Hunt had 181. So, you know, Spencer Ware had 50. So you're looking at basically 300 touches, somewhere around there. And they got to go somewhere. So if Damian Williams, you know, is banged up, if he gets banged up and continues to get banged up, I agree with Kev. I think Thompson could be, you know, the guy that you want out of that backfield. And and see, the thing is with that is if, you know, that's pretty much what Thompson's role is. He's he's he is a pass catching back. 
So if they do wind up going into that pass-happy offense, Thompson could be out there a little bit more than we think. Yeah, I mean, that would probably be the the biggest turnoff for me as far as it goes with him because uh, I completely agree with Steve as far you know Andy Reid. I mean, he'd love. We've seen it in Philly for so long. He just he gets crazy with the with the with the passing and completely does abandon the run. And I mean, he's got such a gifted quarterback now, so he may utilize that even even to a higher degree. And that's why I've been you know high so low on Damian Williams. Besides the fact that you know Damian's being, I'm not low low on Damian Williams. I just don't like where he's being drafted at second third round, where I think he should be more in the fourth round because I'm just not sold on running back in, in Andy Reid offense right now with especially with him having such uh elite receivers on the team but um with the pass catching I think he uh he adds value there so um I think you could definitely you know would you say get 14th round I think I think it's definitely worth a flyer because because there's going to be a lot of uh meat on that Mark. bone 13th round there's gonna be a lot of meat there's gonna be a lot of leftover meat on that bone to eat off of with uh, how many points this team scores They're They were number one scoring team last year. They're probably going to be the number one scoring team this year. Uh, you know, Kelsey and Hill are going to get theirs, but there's going to be touchdowns to go around. So some of this, some of this cream is going to rise to the top. We're just going to have to see who it is. Yep. So yep. I think I'm up. Am I up? Yeah, yeah you are. Up. Well, I'll, we'll right. go one guy, one more guy each. Okay. That works. Okay. Um, so if we're going to go one more guy each, then I'm not going to go with some of the guys that we've already talked about. So I am actually going to go, I'll go Debo Samuel because, uh, I talked about Debo a lot, uh, in the, you know, in some of our other podcasts and I'm sorry. I, and I said this in our dynasty league podcast, I do think he has a chance of being the, the 49ers number one running. I mean, wide receiver. I just, I think this dude is a phenomenal route runner. Like if you just watch the dude in college, he runs such crisp routes and gets open. And when he gets the ball in his hand, it's a wrap. My man can take it to the house on any play. And I just think that's going to be too enticing for Kyle Shanahan to see every day. You watched him last week in the preseason. I mean, the dude had two really good catches in that game. He beat a defender deep, you know what I mean, hopped up, stole the ball basically away from him, you know what I mean? It's, to me, it was just watching him in an NFL uniform got me super excited. And I do think Debo is just – I just think he's awesome. I think he's got all the talent in the world. And if he hones his craft, he could be really good for a really long time in a Kyle Shanahan offense that if he becomes the X receiver, whoo, he's going to be good. Yeah, Debo is – He's a, he's he definitely is going to be someone to keep an eye on as far as these uh, rookie receivers go. Uh, uh, he's – He's uh he's 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 young enough where now he can develop a rapport with uh with Garoppolo you know and some of these other other receivers uh you know there's no real set you know star on that's the good thing about this this San Francisco team is that you know Garoppolo's coming into a, a season where there he's got huge expectations but there's no real star on this team right now in the receiver so someone you know like Debo can make a name for himself and develop a good relationship with them and. He's certainly talented enough, so I think he has a. Uh, I think he's. I think the sky's the limit for him as as a receiver. <laughs> oh, they have a star. His name is Kittle. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, his name is Kittle. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think I think Debo has a ton of potential. I mean, that first game really opened my eyes. And going in the 14th round, definitely another another flyer that you can take. Um, you know, like we, I, I've been saying this, you know, at all. And I understand I, I gave you Chris Thompson as my first sleeper. So that kind of went against what I've been preaching. But I've been saying, like, when you get into these later rounds, I'd much rather take shots on these young guys like Debo Samuel, uh, Andy Isabella, um, you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, those, guys, those guys, when you get into, like, the, the 12th, 13th, 14th round, you know, rather than taking, uh, say, Randall Cobb, who's going in the 14th round, according to uh, Fantasy Calculator, Devontae Parker, 14th round. Like, Devontae Parker and Debo Samuel have the same ADP right now. I'd much rather take a flyer on Debo Samuel because we've seen the Devontae Parker you know, show already, and it's not very impressive. So when you get into these later rounds, you know, taking a shot on rookies is, is to me, you know, a better bet than than going with some of these older players that have, you know, kind of proven to let you down uh, previously. Uh, Dan, why don't you go with your next guy? All right. Third, last on the list, I'm going to go with another rookie. I mean, we just we've been getting pretty good on the rookies. I think our listeners, they definitely like to hear about some some young upcoming talent and uh, Paris Campbell. Um, just just the words coming out from Indy is that this kid is he's incredible. And I just I love when you have young talent that have, you know, established quarterbacks i just think that their development uh is a lot smoother it, they you know they don't take as long of time to to become a, a star receiver you know rather you know receive some of these receivers take two three four years whereas a you know a, a guy like campbell if he can get on the same page with luck early i think you know next year he could be wide receiver three potential so um i think paris campbell actually is going to have a very good rookie year and i would keep an eye out for him because he's not a name on uh, a lot of people's lists. He's not a name that um, comes up when you hear talk a lot of the DK Metcalfs and the Keneal Harry's and stuff like that. But uh, he's, he's, he's someone to watch out for. Yeah, I agree. Paris Campbell is just electric with the ball in his hands. He's a dude that can beat you on every level of the field. He's extremely fast and quick. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be a very good wide receiver. Uh, if you go look at the, you know, fourth and inches, ff.com, go check out the player profile that I wrote on, on him. And, you know, I basically explain it of all the rookies that could splash into the league this year. I definitely think he is the one that could have the biggest splash, um, you know, with a quarterback like Andrew Luck, who, you know, they're pretty, you know, they are optimistic that, you know, he is going to play play week one. And if he plays all season and he gets a rapport with Paris, you know, the sky's the limit. Paris could be the number one rookie wide receiver this year in fantasy football. Um, he definitely has that talent. And, uh, you know, I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I like Paris Campbell, too. Um, problem is right now with Luck not practicing and – you know, Campbell himself has, you know, hasn't been able to stay healthy for, for training camp. He does. He's not going to have a rapport with luck coming right, right into the season. So it may take, you know, a little bit to develop, you know, a little chemistry. Um, but the guy, the guy is ultra quick. Um, and when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make big plays happen. So, you know, he's definitely been a guy I've been taking a shot on later as well. Like I said, them rookies, you know, 
he's a guy, and and that Indianapolis offense is, you know, one of the best in the NFL, and that's kind of what you want. You want players on good teams. You don't want to be drafting, you know, the second wide receiver on, you know. The bank. The, the Bengals. <laughs> no, no, the second wide receiver on the Bengals is, is a six-round pick right now. Well, um, I'll, I'll, talking, I'll say I'll I'm not talking Buffalo about Bills. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I'll say Buffalo. You want the second round, second wide receiver on Buffalo, you know, as opposed to you know taking a shot on you know maybe a third wide receiver or a fourth option on on Indy because Indy's going to score a lot more points. Um, yeah. So, um, I'll get into my last guy. Uh, it's a guy. You know, I've been drafting now, and it's funny because we've been doing our drafts on the Sleeper app. The Sleeper app has this dude at, like, 424 ADP. Like, he doesn't even get picked up. You have to search him in your na- in the name bar. And that is Dontrell Hilliard. Uh, this dude looked electric when he had the ball in his hands. I do understand that Nick Chubb is the man there, but for the first 10 weeks, 8 weeks of the season, whatever it is, until Kareem Hunt comes back, I think Hilliard is going to be their passing down back. Um, I do think that Chubb is going to catch the ball more. That That's not, you know, unconceivable. I mean, he did have a catch or two in, in their first drive. But, man, when Dontrell Hilliard touched that ball, he looked really, really good. So he's been a guy I've been drafting at the end of every draft. Uh, like I said, you can't even find him on the sleeper app. You, you've got to type his name in. But um, he's another guy I've been drafting uh, in every draft pretty much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he showed the other day in the preseason that he had, you know, some explosions. So, you know, not a guy that I watched a whole lot of tape on in college. Um, so I'm not going to to uh, sit here and say that I know a whole bunch about him. But from what I saw in the preseason, he looked good. I mean, looked like a guy that, you know, is shifty and quick, able to, you know, you know, hands catcher. I see every ball he caught last week, I mean, he caught it with his hands, looked good, uh, looked fluid and – you know, in that offense, Duke Johnson had what I think it was like sixty receptions last year or something like close to that, and uh, you know, wasn't super targeted. So if they target this kid a lot more, you know, that I think they could be very good. I think he could definitely be a PPR guy that you know you could get late in your drafts, and you know, he's somebody that could produce for you. Yeah, the only the only concern was would be you know him getting some work weeks one through eight. And then after that, it's definitely going to be the Nick Chubb and cream hunt show. So, I mean, if you're going to pick them, you know, with, with the upside, I mean, keep an eye on them in preseason. If you're going to pick them with the upside, just probably know that, you know, once cream hunt comes back, it's, it's probably going to be the, uh, the waiver wire for him. I mean, unless, unless he's as good, you know, you know, a lot of these guys surprising, then they take over as, you know, starters or backups over other players. So you just never know. But, um, uh, he, won't, he won't take a starting job. No, not, not, not from, from Chubb. Not, not from, from Hunt Chubb, but if Chubb not does from... go down, he's probably next in line. So, you know, maybe they have another guy that they plug in there and still use him in their passing role. But, you know. Nah, it's, a, it's a good name to keep an eye on. Injuries yeah, I mean... injuries happen to running backs constantly. So, um, I think what I'm going to do before we end it is just throw out some honorable mentions that, you know. I, yeah, I think we'll we just gave, do that for everybody because I think we, kinda, I think we five. Yeah, I think we kind of gave you know some deep deep sleepers. You know, mostly most of these guys are going in the 12th, 13th round. So I'm just going to throw some names that we've kind of talked about. Um, Marvin Jones um, is one I've talked about. I've talked about Kalen Um 
you know, going down the list here, uh, Steve has talked about Emmanuel Sanders. He's going in the 10th round. Um, James Washington is a guy that Dan's been high on. I've also, you know, co-signed that. Uh, Kiki QT is a guy Steve's been been high on. Uh, these are all guys going, you know, after round nine that, you know, we all have been, you know, pretty much talking up and and really think that these guys could be could be big. And of course, you know, Lamar Jackson is in the eleventh round. Um, you know, another guy that you could take a shot on, maybe Dak Prescott. He's going in the twelfth round, and he has he's had shown the ability to finish in the top ten as at quarterback. Um, John Brown, to me, wide receiver for Buffalo, is another good one. He's going in the thirteenth round. Um, we're getting all our ADPs off the, the fantasy football calculator app, guys. So, you know, all them names I, I mentioned to you, you can go, you know, FFC, fantasy football calculator, download the app. It gives you basically where all these guys are being drafted. Um, and those are the names we've basically been giving you throughout the season. So, or throughout the, you know, the preseason. Um, so any, anybody you guys want to add, not really to touch on too much more or. Yeah, yeah I just want to No, go ahead, Dan. Uh, I just wanted to say, just keep, you mentioned last John Brown, just, just keep an eye on John Brown because he has track speed and Allen has a ridiculous 80, 90 yard arm. So, I mean, now 80s, 90s, a little crazy, but hey, he does have a monster arm. So keep an eye on John Brown because these two could connect for some, some old school, you know, Deshaun Jackson type bombs this year. Yeah. Uh, so the deeper sleepers that, you know, I mean, I wanted to get into with the rookies is just, you know, I mean, Justice Hill is going like, I think it's like round, what is it? 11, 12, Kev? Something uh, like that. Justice Hill's going the 12th, fifth pick in round 12. Yeah. So, you know, Justice Hill is a guy that could be very good in the preseason. He has 20 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. You know, that's, that's pretty good numbers. You know I mean? Yeah. I love that kid. Yeah, that's really I love good that numbers. Uh, another one is Ty Johnson. He has three carries for 33 yards. He has a 7.3 car- yard per carry average right now. Um, he's a kid that catches the ball very well out of the backfield uh, on a Lions team that I think is going to be using the run game a lot, and he could see some. He could definitely see some work. So if you want to take a dart throw on Ty Johnson, he could you know be a 60 catch receiver. I know they're saying you know uh, carry on. But I don't know if they want to give Carry on a 300 work, 300 touch workload, so he's going to be spelled, uh, especially in some of those passing downs. I could see Ty Johnson taking some of that work. Uh, you know, Marquise Brown is is the last guy I want to hit on. You know, he's not really being drafted all that high. I think I want to say he was like 13th round, but I just want everybody to be aware of this kid because just go look at his tape. That's all I'm going to say. Just go look at his tape. He is dangerous, boy. He is so dangerous. If he, it doesn't matter where he touches the ball. You know what I mean? And I know the injury has slowed him down, but Kyler Murray would literally made it a point to get him the ball as much as humanly possible because this kid with the ball in his hands is just unbelievable. So, you know, definitely a guy that I am, you know, advocating you take a chance on later on in your draft. And he could, in this offense, be really, really good. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. All right. So there it is. That's the podcast for tonight. Uh, remember, don't forget to check us out on our website at www.4thinchesff.com. That is www.4thinchesff.com. For a bunch of content, you got articles, blogs, player profiles, and you can subscribe to our draft guide. Um, until next time, peace out, guys. Peace. Peace.